Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of this newsletter is going to be Job, Career, Business, and Entrepreneurship 101. Well, I've got a bunch of points that I'm going to go through with you today. And so whether you're an employee or an employer or a prospective future employer, meaning someday you want to be your own business owner, I'm going to go through some things that will change the way you look at things business-wise and career-wise to help you get the most out of your career and your business and also to help you reach your full earning potential. Because I don't think anybody that's watching this video wouldn't like to earn more money or find a way to maximize their income. So before we get into it, I got a quote that I wrote on this topic and then I'm going to go through probably about 10, 10, 11 different bullet points of things that I want to discuss that are really important that can help you in your career and in your business. And so the quote says, everyone who is not already independently wealthy must work in some kind of job, career, or business to earn money to live, provide for themselves and their family. The more you love your work and the more you can work in jobs, careers, or businesses that you love and enjoy, the harder you will work at becoming efficient, effective, skilled, useful, and successful. The more value you can add to your employers, customers, and organization, or the more value you can add to the lives of your own customers if you are an entrepreneur or business owner, the more your opportunities, earning potential, and earning choices will increase. Money doesn't make you happy, but it does give you choices. The amount of personal, professional, material, romantic, and quality of life choices you can have is in direct proportion to the amount of ever-increasing value you add as an employee or an employer. As an employee or an employer, if you don't continuously innovate, improve, learn, grow, and enhance your skill set and value proposition, eventually you'll be replaced by a cheaper and younger version. So in other words, you've always got to be growing. You've always got to be expanding. You hear a lot of people, especially when economy goes through a downturn and they never bother to learn any other skills and then they lose their job or technology comes on, comes along and makes the job that they were doing obsolete. And now they've got a bunch of skills that they really can't use and since they never really expanded themselves in any area of their lives to grow, now they got skills that nobody wants to hire them for and then now they're going back to school or they're just struggling to get a job or have to take some job making 10 bucks an hour and barely making ends meet. So my goal when I discuss these things is to help you because at least half my clients when I do phone sessions with them are either wanting to upgrade their career or they're stagnant in their career or they want to figure out what their purpose is in life or things are going sideways with their business and they want to focus on either turning that around or maximizing their profits. And so first thing I want to discuss is what a business is because whether you're an employee, in other words, you work for a business or you're actually an employer, meaning you are a business that employees that employs employees, these things are important. So the whole purpose of a business, it exists for one central purpose and that is to add value to people's lives. In other words, any business that is successful and makes a profit adds value to people's lives. You look at a company like Apple, which used to be Apple Computer Products, they just call it Apple these days. 
their whole company, all of the tens of thousands of employees that work for Apple is focused on one single concept. And everybody know, that works at Apple knows what that is, which is making really great technology products that makes people's lives easier. So any of you that are watching this have either owned or know somebody that's owned an Apple product. The construction is superior to any other kind. Everybody else is using plastic and cheap materials and Apple is pretty much using the best materials. And like for me personally, all the computers that I use is Apple along with the smartphone that I have, an iPhone. I've got an Apple TV and the products work really great and they really do make my life easier. These videos that you watch are produced using Apple's products and software. And the stuff that I do in here, you you can't get on a Windows machine. You have to buy a bunch of different software and a lot of times you have conflicts and things that just don't work. I mean, it's just amazing how well all these devices sync together. You look at a company like Google. Google was founded on the central purpose of organizing the world's information and making it instantaneously available to anyone, anytime, any place, and anywhere. In other words, when you need to find something, Google can find it instantly for you. Look at like a Microsoft when they were first founded. They were focused on the central purpose of how do we become the intelligence that runs all computers. The whole company was focused on that and for a couple of decades, they dominated. It's like anytime you bought a computer, it had Microsoft's software on it. And so they did a hell of a job of living and embodying that mission, that core purpose. So the second thing that I want to talk about is doing what you love and loving what you do. And like I said in the quote, everybody that's watching this, unless you inherit a lot of money or you've already made a shitload of money, then that doesn't apply to you. But for the overwhelming 99.99% of the people that are watching the videos that I produce, they have to work for a living. And since you're going to be working for a living, a lot of people, the average person has the attitude of, well, I got to be realistic. I got to pay the bills. And so they work their lives or they work a series of jobs throughout their lives where they're being realistic and they're just doing enough to not get fired. But since they don't really love their job and they're not really fired up about it and they don't really believe in the product or service they're providing, they're just there for the paycheck. They never are really going to apply themselves in that job in order to become really awesome at it, in order to become really proficient at it. Like I had a client recently that I, I did a phone session with last week and he spent a decade in college getting a degree and it's not even his passion. It's not what he really loves but obviously everybody around him is like, hey man, you've been in school for this for 10 years. He should have graduated after four years. But he's only got a few things left to get out of the way. And so when I was talking to him, because he, he the whole reason we were doing a phone session was career oriented. On a scale, I said, well, on a scale of one to ten, how emotionally compelling is the career that you're choosing? It's like a one or a two. And so he's like, well, should I go ahead and finish this degree? What do you think? And I said, well, I, I said, do you know why it's taking you ten years and you still don't have your degree? He's like, why? I said, because it's a one or a two. It's like you really don't want to do it. And he had this other career that he's always been interested in and fascinated by and he he actually worked on a, a job recently where he got to work in that particular career just for a few weeks. He was like, it's it was fantastic. I was like, on a scale of 1 to 10, what was it? He was like, it was an 11. It was amazing. He was just 
And what was interesting is that it wasn't – the environment that he's working in wasn't very comfortable. It was outdoors. It was hot. And I was thinking to myself, I wouldn't want to do that. But he loved it. And I said, what do you think you're going to work harder at? The thing, the job or career that you don't really want that's a 1 or a 2 on a scale of 1 to 10 or something that's an 11? He's like, obviously the 11. I was like, so what do you think you should do? He's like, well, I'd really like to do this other thing, but I've been at this for 10 years. I got my family and they spent all his money sending me to school and blah, blah, And so he's got all these rules and these reasons and he's like, well, what if it doesn't work out? What if I don't make it in this other career that I really want to do? I said, what would you rather fail at? Would you rather fail at something you can't fucking stand or would you rather fail at something you absolutely love? He's like, well, I'd rather fail at something I love, at least I mean, be enjoying it. I said, at the end of the day, it's not a matter of hope. It's simply a matter of time because when you love something, you'll apply yourself. You'll work at it over and over and over and you'll constantly be trying to get better at it. It's like the business that I have now. This is the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. This was the hardest business to get to the point where to figure out how to package up my my services, how to communicate to people in a, in a way that they saw value and could actually understand how I could actually help them versus running ads on TV or the radio or ads on the internet or in magazines. It's like I, my whole business is basically like a kind of try before you buy. And the overwhelming majority of people, 99.9% of the people that learn from me, they never spend a dime with me and I'm totally okay with that because I make plenty of money off the people that actually do, whether it's through donations or phone sessions or email coaching or they buy my book or they watch videos and click on ads that are on my YouTube videos or they click on my book and they instead of buying my book, they buy a pair of socks. I still make a commission on that. Like So I've got six or seven ways that I've monetized my audience and the value that I add. And all I really care about is I'm focused as a business owner on adding value to people's lives. Being the most useful website and YouTube channel that I can be. And it's really important. And why do I do it? Why did I keep making these videos when the first couple of years I was doing it, I, I post a video and I have like a couple dozen views after a week or two. People are going, you're a fucking loser, man. Why are you posting videos? Why do you keep doing it? Nobody's even watching these, huh, LOL. And now every time I post a video within a matter of days, I've got thousands of video views. Time and repetition. That is how you become really awesome at something. But like I was talking about the example earlier, the client's like on a scale of 1 to 10, what he was going to school for and was actually working in already was a 1 or a 2. Do you want to spend your life working at something that's only a 1 or a 2? I had another guy that was working a job, working late nights. Same thing. Absolutely fucking hates what he's doing. He's making a decent living at it. But he's fucking miserable. He's living at his parents' house. He's not very happy. It's affecting his dating life. And he's got something that he really has a passion for and an interest. And after we got done with the phone session, I completely gave him a plan of action and a way that he, he could actually focus on working in that career. It totally opened his eyes. He never thought of things that way because of his thoughts and his beliefs. He says, well, I got to be realistic and this job pays a decent living. But he fucking hates his job. He hates going to work. He's been doing it for years and he's still living home with mom and dad. Is that really living? Do you want to just exist? Do you want to just be a useless eater, if you will, where you eat, sleep, drink, you go to work and you come home and you're so unhappy and you hate your life so much you don't feel like going to the gym and taking care of this amazing body that the creator gave you, this amazing machine? When you meet somebody of, of the opposite sex 
what do you do for a living? Oh, I fucking hate my job. Same thing, different day. Or to say, oh, I fucking love what I do. I get to help people all over the world to have better quality lives. And they send me emails and testimonials every day. I get dozens of them. People thanking me for how I've helped them. Think about it. I mean, it sounds like common sense, but when you have limiting beliefs and rules and a, and a story that you tell yourself about why you can't have what you really want, that's what I love about what I do is I can just listen to people talk and their rules and their reasons and their story comes out and I can point these things out to them. They go, I never thought of it that way. It's like I help people remove the obstacles that are getting in the way of doing what they really want. So what what is an employee? Well, an employee basically – and not everybody's meant to be an employer or an entrepreneur. They're, you can be a really successful, really well-off employee, a, a guy that plays in the NFL. At the end of the day, he's an employee. Somebody that works for ESPN or NBC or one of the major sports or, or television networks around the world and they make a lot of money or a famous actor or actress. At the end of the day, they're an employee. They're working for somebody else. They have to go to a movie set or a TV set location and they have to be there at a set schedule. They can't just say, ah, I'm going to show up at 2 o'clock. They got to be there when they're filming. Tens of thousands of millions of dollars are on the line and at the end of the day, they're an employee but they're a highly compensated employee. So there's nothing wrong with being an employee or an employer. An employer obviously is a business owner, is an entrepreneur, somebody that takes all of the risks and they hire employees to work for them. Now being an entrepreneur, if you understand how a business works, if you've worked for other people, the key before you become an entrepreneur because I work with a lot of guys and girls that want to become entrepreneurs. And a lot of them go, oh, I got this great idea for a restaurant. I got this great idea for a widget that I want to do. And I say, well, I'll have – like I talked to a guy the other day. He wanted to start He wanted to start a restaurant. I said, have you ever worked at it? And he's like, I got this great idea. This healthy food. It's going to be awesome. It's amazing. He's like – and he's, he already has money that he's made from his career that he's put aside. And he could definitely put his, put his ass on the line and spend the money. But – I was like, have you ever worked in a restaurant before? He says, well, no. But I'm going to hire the, the best consultants that I could find. I said, the best thing that you can do is go work in a restaurant. Because if you don't like working in a restaurant, if you don't like the process of customer service, working with customers one-on-one, -on -one, you should not, absolutely not go in a restaurant. Go work at a restaurant that is the most successful restaurant that you can find where you like the service that they offer. You like the kind of food that they offer. It's run well and it's very profitable and the customers are raging fans because then you can go work for a successful business. Find out how they get their customers, how they prepare their food, how they cook it, how they run the kitchen, how they, how they advertise, how they hire people, the kinds of people that they hire for the certain types. You need to learn those things. You need to learn how to – and then maybe work your way up and you could actually manage a business. So you should spend two or three years working in the restaurant business. You might go work in the restaurant business and find you absolutely fucking hate it because a lot of people go, oh, I got this great idea for this food and this product or this service and they don't know anything about running a business and they go out there and they're out of business within six months or a year or two. And now because they've had this really painful failure, they never take any risks the rest of their lives and so they spend the rest of their lives working in a job or – a career that they absolutely fucking hate because they that one time they took some risks and it didn't work out. There's a there's a smart way to do things and there's a fucked up way to do things that's going to inevitably lead to failure. Like a strategic planner once taught me, there's no such thing as a bad idea, only bad plans. 
Another thing that's really important, whether you're an employee or especially entrepreneurs are guilty of this. Save 20% of whatever you earn. Before you spend it, take your 20%, put it in your stocks, put it in your retirement account, put it in your savings account. Save that 20% off the top because entrepreneurs, we're always taking our money and putting it right back into our business. I can buy more computers. I can spend more money on advertising. I can hire more people. And it's always tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Pay yourself first. A very successful entrepreneur taught me this many years ago. Pay yourself first because I was guilty of this when I was young. I didn't put any fucking money away. I was always taking my money and reinvesting in the business, just taking out the bare minimum that I needed to enjoy my life and lifestyle. But whether you work for other people or you work for yourself, put money away because someday you're going to want to not work and you're going to want to have the money that you do have working for you so you can live off the interest from those investments. The next thing, always be seeking to improve your gifts, skills, talents, utility, and usefulness. If you don't, you'll be replaced by a cheaper, more efficient, and more aggressive people and businesses who are usually hungrier and younger than you are. I mean, think about it. Like another example, employees and employers that don't innovate, enhance, and improve their value proposition, in other words, what they actually do for customers, whether it's a service or the product will eventually go extinct. Think about it. Everybody that's watching this knows who Facebook is. But when you go back five, six years ago, MySpace was way bigger than Facebook was. Think about it. In MySpace, people are like, is MySpace still even around? They were they started out before Facebook and they fumbled the football. Their management team, it's like the original owner, he ended up selling it. He got his golden parachute, but he ended up selling it. And so it's like, why did MySpace crash and burn? Because there was nobody that had, like a Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, there was nobody that had a vision. Was, I'm, I'm reading um, Phil Jackson's book, 11 Rings, which is a fantastic book. And one of the first couple pages of the book, he said something I thought was really, really interesting. And it totally ties over to business as well. He said the coach's job is basically to maintain the vision for the team and the organization. In other words, he's there to hold all the players and everybody, the management, the GM, all of them accountable to the vision that the team has set for itself, their goals. This is what we're striving for. Obviously, we're striving to win a championship and holding people accountable to the excellence that they're supposed to focus on. There was another company that was growing up. You may have – you may. A lot of you probably have never even heard of, but it was called Woolworth. Woolworth was like Woolworth and Wilco. Well, Woolworth was like one of the original big, huge retailers. Everybody probably knows what who Target is today or Walmart. But back in the early 1900s, there was a company called um, what was it, JJ Woolworth or something like that. Everything was like five and dime. Everything was like five cents or ten cents. So can you imagine going on buying shit for five and ten cents? This was back when the, the dollar was worth a lot more money. But in New York City, there's the Woolworth. Everybody's probably heard of the Woolworth Building in New York City. It's a very famous building. But this guy became one of the wealthiest men in the world at his time because of his business model. He had a very large operation. He was like the Walmart of his day. But you know, after he passed away, it's like I remember when I was I was growing up and I was a teenager. This company was majorly on the decline, and I think it finally went out went out of business in the 90s. But they hundred years ago they were Walmart of their time, but since there wasn't a strong culture, 
They didn't have somebody having a strong vision for the company. I mean, you look at companies like Sears or Kmart now, which are really struggling and downsizing. And 10, 15 years from now, they might not even be around. And these are these are old companies that have been around for a long time. Again, like I said earlier, the whole purpose of a business or if you're an employee is to add value to the customers or the organization that you're working for. Being the best, most valuable. It's like you take a famous actor or actress. They focus on becoming the absolute best actor or actress that they can be. An actor or an actress's job is to basically make the viewer believe that the character that they're watching on screen or on stage or in theater is real and they pull you into that story. That's what a good actor or actress does. A good entrepreneur, same thing. You look at like a Steve Jobs, one of the original founders of Apple. Brilliant guy, just focused totally on making the absolute best products out there. You look at like Elon Musk of Tesla. Tesla just had, I mean, I think they, they're on target to, to deliver like 50,000 car, electric cars this year. Next year, they're expecting to deliver 100,000. They're doubling their production. And they're, they're now working, they got a deal, a joint venture with Panasonic and some of their other suppliers to build what's called a Gigafactory, where they're literally going to have raw materials and batteries that they're going to recycle coming in the front end and brand new batteries going out the back end. The reason being is they want to dra- dramatically reduce the cost of lithium-ion batteries because they can do that. They can drive the cost of electric cars. And so you can have an affordable electric car that's going to get 200 plus miles to a single charge down to like around $30,000. Think about that. And pretty much everything in the car is going to be recyclable. Why? Because he believes in it. He has a passion for what he's doing. He loves it. And like the, the car got like the highest rating. I think it was Consumer Reports or Motor Trend. I can't remember which one. But the cars are amazingly well made. Like the building areas, a couple of my neighbors have, have those cars. They're gorgeous. They're amazing cars. and They drive faster than most gas-powered cars accelerate. It's just amazing, the technology. All because he had a passion and a love of what he's doing. He focused on – and if you look at his customer service or you take like an Amazon.com, they're all focused on having the absolute best customer service that they can have like Amazon. I had a, a razor that I had a problem with, with the charger stopped working. It was, at, it was like past four or five months and I called them up. They're like, well – it's you know kind of past the 30-day return period, but you know what? We're going to send you a brand new one. So when you get it, just take the old broken part and put it in there and send it back. No questions asked. That's why I pretty much buy everything I can from Amazon because their customer service is amazing. And I get everything in two days. And they get the best prices. Why well, I want to drive to – I can look up online. Why well, drive to the store? And everybody that works there has a passion. They're really good it, from their web services to their customer service. Like – and even my – because they published my Kindle book. Everybody across the board they've ever dealt with is absolutely fucking amazing. And one of their goals that Jeff Bezos, who's the founder of Amazon, has set forth is they want to have the absolute best customer service they can possibly have. They want to have better customer service than any other company out there. That's why they're crushing everybody and putting all these retailers out of business because they're focused on adding value. Next thing I want to focus on 
This is really important. Whether you're a business owner or you're a regular employee, your revenues must exceed your expenses. That means you must take in more money than you spend every month. Most people are are taking out their equity in their homes or they're using credit cards. Like they're just full of debt and their net worth is negative. Really important. If you're going to advertise, if you're a business owner, the purpose of advertising is to bring in customers obviously. But the goal is is that if you spend a dollar on advertising, you should be able to bring back at least $2 in revenue. And if you're a business owner and you're advertising and you're spending a dollar and you're getting back 10 cents, if you don't have some kind of referral generating mechanism, if you don't have raging fans in your business, you eventually are going to spend all of your working capital. Really important. And this is this is something that's really important whether you're an employee or an employer about generating referrals. There's one reason why people refer other products, other services, other companies. It's really fundamental. I learned this from Brian Buffini many years ago and it's so true. People want to look good. If I refer a product or a service to you or I recommend, which I recommend lots of people, lots of other authors, like I think Tony Robbins has got great work. His work's changed my life. Or Dr. Donald Epstein who founded Network Chiropractic or any, or any of the other books, the Steve Jobs book. These are things that I'm using myself and I recommend. It, why do I recommend? Because I know you're going to have a good experience. I I want to look at. I want to recommend something, and you go, "Oh, that guy fucking sucked," or "That book sucked ass." That didn't help me at all. Think about it. If your employer is buying a house, and and you just had a great experience with a kick-ass realtor and a kick-ass mortgage company, and you'd like to get promoted in your job, and your boss saying, "Yeah, I got a, you know, yeah, you just bought a house recently. You, you, what did you think of your guy that that helped?" Oh, he was absolutely awesome. He was great. He closed my house two weeks quicker than we thought, and I ended up having to bring two thousand dollars less to closing than he originally gave me. Yes, and on top of that, my payment was two hundred dollars less a month, less a month than, than he originally promised. The guy was amazing. He totally underpromised, way overdelivered. I need that guy's number. So your boss goes and uses him, and he has a kick-ass experience. Versus somebody that's like, hey, what about that guy? You just, oh my god, let me tell you. We closed two weeks after we were supposed to. He told me I was going to have to bring five grand to close. I ended up having to bring ten grand. He told me my payment was going to be two thousand dollars. Ended up being twenty five hundred dollars. He fucking sucked. You ain't going to recommend somebody like that because your boss has a bad experience. Think about it. You want to look good. So if you're a business owner or you're an employee, think about it. You want to underpromise and you want to overdeliver. What's interesting about customers is. Like especially like if you're in a business where they're they're expecting a callback, whether it's a realtor or an attorney, and you're promising to call somebody back within a certain period of time. Like, because when I used to have people working for me in the mortgage business, especially like the younger guys and girls that would come work for me, when a loan would blow up or it wouldn't get approved in underwriting, they would dodge the client's calls for two or three days until they line up a new lender and they go, "Hey, yeah, we get this all taken care of. Yeah, you're approved and it's great." And so they close and everything else is great. Their payment's cheaper than they thought it was going to be. Their cash out of pocket was less than it was going to be. But the client would not refer any business to it. Even though everything was great, the reason why they wouldn't refer anybody is because we stressed them out. We had a bad experience. In other words, all it takes is one unreturned phone call for a customer to perceive you as being unreliable and therefore 
they won't refer anybody. Why? Because they'd be afraid that they're not going to look good. Very important concept to think about and focus on. Another thing, excellence, competency, skills, gifts, and talent development are a direct result of time, repetition, and a relentless pursuit of refining, enhancing, and improving one's approach through the experience of adding value as an employee or an employer. In other words, repetition is the mother of skill. If you love what you're doing and you do it over and over and you're always trying to get better at it, you're trying to become more useful, you're trying to become more efficient, you're trying to get noticed by the people that you work for, even if, you don't, if you're really a kick-ass employee and even if the people you work for don't get noticed, eventually other people outside your company, headhunters will find out about you and they'll start calling you about other jobs. That's why it's so important to be the absolute best employee or the absolute best employer that you can become and this is one thing that I, I talked about earlier if you want to become a successful entrepreneur or business owner go to work for someone who already has a kind of business success you'd like to have yourself someday that way you can learn how their businesses run how they advertise how they manage people how they get customers how they add value etc instead of trying to reinvent the wheel They've already done the heavy lifting and made all the costly mistakes. You can learn on their dime. I had a company when I was in real estate that I went to work for and they'd been in business for seven years before I started working for them. And so they, I heard all the stories about their struggles and their fuck-ups and houses they bought and they lost money on because they just didn't know what they were doing. And when we went to look, work for them, we learned everything that we needed to focus on. And therefore, when we left – a couple of years later and started our own business, we got the benefit of those seven years of hard work and we avoided all those costly mistakes that they had made. In other words, that's part of modeling the success of other people. So if you'd like to get my help personally, go to my website, click the products tab at the top of your screen and follow the instructions for booking a paid phone session with yours truly. I'll talk to you soon.